Hello. I couldn't help but wonder. I couldn't help but wonder. I couldn't help but wonder. Who is this? Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air. You don't seem like a Miranda. What do I seem like? A Rambo. <laughs> Who are you? I am Rambo. Who is this? I am Rock. Did you change your name at school to Rock? And welcome to And Just Like Crap. No, 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 no. And Just Like Crap. And, 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 and just, 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 just like crap. Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. Well, wrap my corpse in Valentino, set me aflame and deposit my cremains in a Timmy Woods Eiffel Tower bag if we're not en haute du Pont-Marie avec Monsieur Big, le jeté dans la Seine. Yes, it's a high school French revival, especially for le grand finale, or is that la grande finale? Fucking no idea. La Tour de France or whatever the fucking textbook was called. I failed. I failed comprehensively. Did season one of And Just Like That fail? To answer that, Rock is here, fresh from Hebrew prayer. Rock, hello. Shalom. <laughs> how how are you? I am great. How are you? I'm I'm okay. You're not feeling a little emotional with the end of season one? Well, not now that they're already recording season two and I know it's coming. All right. We could pretend that it was like, you know, February and we didn't know. Sure. I'm very sad. (laughs) Do you know what? What? I've got something to cheer you up. Mm. We have a super fan. Well, we have a fan of the show (laughs) or we have located rather somebody who listens to Mm. our podcast more or less regularly, more or less to the half hour point or beyond. Mm. Are you thrilled? I am delighted. I would like you to meet Corinne. Corinne from Queensland. Come in, Corinne. Hello. It's still cold. (laughs) Yeah, your cold is different to our cold. (laughs) Now, Corinne, it's rock rather than Rambo that you love deeply and abidingly. Obviously. <laughs> you wrote to me asking primarily who's the other one. I'm, <laughs> I, must, I must know. Um, but you also expressed gratitude to both of us for sharing in your obsession. Yeah, very grateful. It came about in a time of my life where I just couldn't talk to anybody about my feelings, about the show. I know. And yet had to watch it still. That's why we started And Just Like Crap. Did did we not rock? Yes, it's less a podcast than a support system, I like <laughs> to think, or a 12-step help group with 10 steps, which are 10 episodes. The other week I was attempting to intellectualise my fascination, my ongoing fascination for the Sex and the City universe. i got to stop pretending there is no intellectual rationale it's just it's been around for a while and I have to I'm not proud of watching it I don't even particularly enjoy it at times do do you feel similarly rock Corinne I'll let Corinne take this yeah it's just I think it started out as a as a, a a water cooler type thing people would talk about it at work and I'd have to know what was going on so 
I would watch it, waiting for it to make sense to me, and then I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. Well, I never really liked it. No. And now <laughs> no no water cooler for you uh, because, you, like many people with administrative jobs or jobs that they could do at home post-COVID, it's just you and the PC and then your, your, your issue, your, uh, your progeny come home at about 3.30 or something like that, I guess, to disturb your internet time. That's right, working from home. But I did find this podcast at the right time because I, I came to it a bit late. I didn't watch it last year. I mean, we came to it very late. We started recording like a year after it, after it aired. <laughs> you are right on time. <laughs> Indeed you are in these uh, crazy time shift and stream. And also, yes, we watched it a little late here on And Just Like That where we are joined by Corinne. She is not the Miranda of the group. We would never put that on anyone. No, fucking Miranda. Ugh. Your general feelings, Corinne, about Miranda? She's always been really annoying and yet at times sometimes she's been my favourite. She, they're, they're, I think they've all had that. Um, just because she's different. I don't know, they're all different. But also, I mean, I've been called a Charlotte. Well, if I had to be one of them, it would be Charlotte, I guess. She looks like she's having the best fun. Well, you know, I mean, apart from the one that rock we can no longer talk about. Mm. Um, I would like to, to know if, if you, either of you saw that SJP addressed that publicly. Oh no, time. I haven't. Yeah. I, I understand that there was a variety interview. Uh, a, a I, th- I think this is what it's from. I just saw it as a quote, but she basically said, and this is something that I've been considering. She basically said, "No one else has this problem. I think I'm a nice person. I didn't know we had this beef. She's never tried to address it with me, but like, still very." like vague, but like I have been thinking about that a little bit. I have been thinking about when everyone, when there's just one person over there and everyone is over here, that raises questions for me. Corinne, you took, you took a breathy breath as if to address Mm. this, this urgent matter. This urgent matter came to my attention last night. My sister-in-law, we had a big chat about episode 10. Kathy Najimy, an actress. So I think she came out in support of Kim Cattrall at one point. There was a tweet. I don't know. I haven't, I didn't find it. But I think SJP is just too powerful and people won't go against her. That's my, I'm not, I don't think there's nothing there. Then again, she is married to Ferris. How can you be an unpleasant person and be married to Ferris? It's just mm. not I'm not going to assume Matthew Broderick's the, the, the best guy in the world. Well, he fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Jeannie's brother. I find it very difficult to conceive of an unpleasant Matthew Broderick. Please don't shatter my illusions. I, I want to uh, suggest something uh, adjacent but a little bit lateral. The disparity in paychecks, I mean, it would be very uncommon for a lady to earn less than a man, and I'm sure none of the three of us have had that experience. Never. <laughs> but uh, I think because Samantha, as we can detect from her absence, and there's you know three or four characters making this composite, filling that lack, you know, Kim Cattrall was an essential part of the Sex and the City universe. I contend more substantial than Miranda or Charlotte, who could 
let's face it, either of them could drop off. We wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I dispute that. I, I like. I think. I, I do think each voice. I think if anyone can drop off, it's, it's, it's scary. <laughs> like the other three have such distinct roles, and they all like they all bring what they need to bring to the table. And I think if if that if there had never been four, it would be a different story. But yeah. I don't think as much as I don't like Miranda's voice most of the time, I think it's crucial, and I think she does bring that prosaic and slightly academic or political voice and I think they work so well as the four of them I think losing any of them would be a challenge yeah although as we've discussed like we could lose Carrie and just put uh, Lisa Lisa Todd Wexley in her place yeah Carrie can go basically So I, I think uh, Kim Cattrall has just uh, you know got a few years on SJP. She comes to prominence relatively late in life, and considering the sort of thing that was required of the actress, mm. like I mean, she's always bouncing up and down on somebody's mm. cock, you know, and that was mm. filmed. I mean, that's quite an ask, mm. and from what. I recall it was uh, a pay disparity. Now, you can be all nicey-nice to somebody's face about that, mm. but the reality is when you're working with somebody who has a wildly different wage, and you do have a reasonable claim, I think, to ask for whatever that is or something approaching that. I mean, you know, Carrie was almost in every scene. And it was a bit of an ask. But I think that both things are possible, that Sarah Jessica Parker may have been unyieldingly pleasant but silent on the very material matter of wages. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that they should have parity. I think in whether it's men or women, SJP brings, like SJP is the star of the show, SJP. You know, people aren't constantly writing or back in the day writing articles. Like Carrie was the show. I do think. Sure, probably Kim Cattrall needed more, but I, I don't necessarily think in that industry you expect the same. It's it's understood. Like if someone is the star, like it's it's not fair. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's fair in any way, but I, I think it's hard when when like you look at Friends and they all got the same. And I I do think in Friends they all shared the same load and brought the same viewing and energy. And I think with this, I don't necessarily disagree and I didn't SJP have more say in production as well I I believe so uh and the the other thing was that you know as the seasons progressed and then it spun off into two dreadful movies one of them tyrannically dreadful Mm. catastrophically bad being of course Sex in the City 2 the racist inning oh my gosh Corinne do you remember Sex in the City 2 I was recalling that last night talking to my sister-in-law and that movie came out. I had given birth a week before and one of my girlfriends took me to gold class. And I saw her I, with my sister and her baby in gold class. Yeah. It was like my birthday treat and I, I had I to also take a, saw it in gold class. <laughs> what the fuck? I had to sit on a pillow. I was very sore and I don't remember the movie. I don't remember it. Fair. Oh, that's, so, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you've, rep- you've repressed it along I with have. the memories yeah. of birth, yeah. which I understand has to occur. I think sometimes it's great to see a movie that's terrible in a mums and bubs environment <laughs> because your expectation is so low that you're going to see any or enjoy any of the movie. And 
also, you know, they seem to have very lax um, licensing laws in these, uh, (laughs) you know, luxurious uh, cinemas uh, and one can always order alcohol (laughs) and oftentimes there's nobody else there so one can, you know, fart in one's leisure. Mm. Yeah. No, it it was an abomination. It really was. But, yeah, so anyway, back to uh, Kim Cattrall, I think that she, uh, you know, perhaps it wasn't wage parity, but back for uh, movie number 10, she felt, as I recall, that she was not remunerated correctly, that she was, um, oh, I can't remember that business language. It's been so long since I had a job. (laughs) But, yeah, so... I just want to make the case that wages, how much you're paid, particularly, you know, if you're a lady getting on in years Mm. and you also have to depict a lady getting on in years and you're not married to ferrets, you know, and your husband doesn't have a hit Broadway show Mm. then spun into a hit movie, then, you know, what you're going to do? It's disappointing for us all, Mm. I think. But then again, do we really expect it to be any better with Kim Cattrall. I mean, I think also we're glorifying her a little bit. She was fucking annoying at times and fucking grating at times. Like, I I love her and I miss her. I miss her in this show. Wash your filthy mouth. But she was. <laughs> Did you love her without fault for ten, take the, your whole seasons <laughs> and scrub it clean with baking soda? I will not. I will never kiss you again. I believe you're glorifying the dead a little bit. <laughs> Well, why not? <laughs> no, you're quite correct. And I, she featured very heavily in Sex and the City 2, the movie of which superfan Corinne uh, has no memory. You lucky bastard. Mm, mm. But she featured very heavily in that and she was the racism ringleader. Yeah, and look, that's uh, that's the fault of the writing mostly, like unless she had any ability to say, no, I won't do this. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe it was more racist than we got and they, they turned it back. Mm. But I think if she was in this, I'd still be extremely annoyed with her as I am with the other three all the time. Yeah, I mean, it just I've never really understood the verb to hate watch. Mm. before, not until now. Mm -hmm. And that's very much what I have been doing, as you've been telling me all season, Rock. Yeah, look, I I think that, like, I I think it's it's a bit different. We need to hear from Corinne again. But when this started, I was in late high school. Like, I loved it. I, I unequivocally loved it. I wasn't old enough to be cynical. Here was this show that, you know, women were talking about not just sex in general, but specifics and things that I'd never heard talked about. And it was New York and and it was fashion. And I loved, I don't know how long that lasted. It did turn into a bit of a hate watch kind of towards the end. Hmm. This has been a hate watch, but that, like, as we've said, has had very enjoyable moments and Hmm. has dealt with some things, as we've said, like the portrayal of grief, as I've said a hundred times, is excellent. Yeah. They talk about menopause. You know, they're, they're, there's a lot of merit to it. Some of it's just terrible writing and even worse acting. I'm going to gauge Corinne's age here as previous to the menopause. Mm. I'm currently I'm currently in the middle of the perimenopause. And let me tell you, oh, it's wonderful to have these pulsating ovaries and, mm. you know, occasional kind of like violent thoughts. Um, and you can look forward to that. Can't wait. I think you're, I think you're a, a sort of late millennial 
age range, Corinne. So did you have the same experience? You said a little earlier that uh, you came to it a little late. It was a you were alerted to it, uh, you know, like, you know, other things uh, at, at work. I mean, I forced myself to watch the fucking football uh, in, in order to have something to say to co-workers. <laughs> so uh, what age were you when you came to Sex in the City? Well, first of all, it's my birthday today. <gasps> Oh, happy birthday, birthday. I usually keep that on the down low. We would have got you a (laughs) vagina cake if we'd known. Oh, yum. So, yeah, no, I was a bit late to it, but I think that had more to do with the streaming service. Like I didn't have Foxtel or whatever it was on because was Mm -hmm. it on regular television? Maybe at like midnight. It was, but very irregularly as well. It was one of those shows like Six Feet Under that they pulled off. Oh, or, Six Feet Under. Yeah. Yeah. My all favourite the, show of all the, time. Yeah, all the so L good. word. I was not in a fancy Fox style house. <laughs> Richie Rich. No. <laughs> no, and I think I think I dabbled, I dabbled in it, uh, would stay up late, watch the episodes. I think I would call it a guilty pleasure when I first started. So it turned into a hate watch. That's the evolution of the show for me. Yeah. But when I think probably in my late 20s, I just knew someone that had the pay TV or whatever it was. So I would, I binged it all. Same with the Kardashians. I didn't watch that till way, 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 way late. Are we mentioning them? No, you can, but it's a temptation that mm. Rock and Rambo have resisted thus far. <laughs> yeah, I have, Good. I've, watched, Good. I've watched a couple of episodes in hotel rooms because that, that's what there's been. But no, I it's, could not commit. I can't even hate watch that. It is. There's a weird addictive nature to it where you go into a zombie-like state and then, mm. like, I had, mm. had to get pulled out of it. Like, <laughs> we're going now and I if three hours had passed. <laughs> yes. So I think that's there's sort of the same thing with um, the original series. I considered going back and I might rewatch it. I might do that. Kardashians. Wow. No, 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 no. Sex in the City. Okay, not Kardashians. Good. Don't watch the Kardashians again. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, we will send help. Please, please. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, it's it's like a procedural program or anything formulaic, including multi-camera sitcoms. What you said about being in, in a zombie-like state absolutely holds true. Our rock is similarly soothed by law and order and possibly law and order SVU be- so. because you you so. know when the six-year-old is going to turn up covered in semen. Mm. The corpse of a six-year-old mm. is going to turn up covered in semen. Mm. And I imagine, although I haven't watched the Kardashians and I guess, I, I don't know, I just uh, avoid the thing that is incorrectly called uh, reality television, not out of any sense of, you know, fearing cheapness in watching it I'll watch whatever shit's on but you know it is very formulaic and that sort of thing soothes you you know you get the mild dopamine rush every few minutes and you learn to expect it so you know you're not you're not alone you're just another toy of capitalism Corinne yes and I think the Kardashians is basically televisual Instagram or or TikTok it's like when you're scrolling it's just these like pretty people on the screen and sound bites and and that gets you into that just kind of like I can just watch this forever. Yes. Yeah, because it, its impact is what you're saying, Rock, its impact is primarily visual. Yes, I, yeah. I believe that with the Kardashians. Yeah, I have, uh, I mean, I've flicked past it before. <laughs> 
That was the RoboVac. It's on a timer. <laughs> How do you find the RoboVac? Love it. I've it's, read bad reviews. No, no, this is, sorry, I probably, I don't know what the brand is. It was obviously from Aldi and it sold out and oh. my husband had to go to six stores and bribe <laughs> 10 people to wait at other stores to get this. This one is a genius. Because your husband it's, was really keen on a RoboVac? Please tell me it wasn't your birthday present. No, no, this was all him. Um, we've had it a, a little while. Actually, it's her. It's a Lorraine. Her name is Lorraine. Fair enough. I like some of that Aldi shit. Oh, my gosh. The Wednesday catalogue, it's <laughs> it's sublime reading. <laughs> it makes him happy. But don't let your dad go into Aldi. Come out with all sorts of shit. <laughs> Excellent granite Padano uh, for the price, which is $20 a kilo. Mm-hmm. And also I would like to recommend the uh, Aldi Verve, uh, which went on special is $19.99, really adequate bubbles. Sweet. But also apparently the RoboVac here where we are not funded by Aldi, more's the pity, but our own obsessive sense of and just like that. Happy birthday, Corinne. Happy birthday to Corinne. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanks, friends. Birthday. Before we say fuck off, as is our want here on And Just Like Crap. Usually to each other. Uh, yeah, yeah, generally. Any last words, anything that you actually liked about this dramedy series? And let's confront terrible hard truths. It was a lot more drama than Udi, wasn't it? <laughs> it was accidental Udi. Yeah, occasional Udi, mm. but a lot more drama. Let, let's end on a positive note because people keep oh. telling Rock and Rambo that they need to be more upbeat. Or if you have any wants or predictions for the next season, if if that's too hard. Yes. Well, I mean, the finale was just so bad. It wasn't funny. I'm wondering, they can't bring Samantha back. So what are they doing with that storyline? I have a feeling it was just to have a little dig at her and make her look bad. I'm not sure. Mm. I probably won't watch it. Interesting. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Interesting. Don't fib. You're lying, aren't you? I'm You're going to watch it. I'm lying. I'll watch it. <laughs> or, I'll watch right. it for Che Diaz. It's Che Diaz here on And Just Like Crap. Now go and have some birthday and uh, make sweet, sweet love to that robo, that mm. Aldi robo vac mm. of yours. Lorraine. 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 Hello, Lorraine. <laughs> I'm not going to sing the song I usually sing when Lorraine, Lorraine. comes up. <laughs> but it goes somewhat, have you ever seen Lorraine? <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, no. I'm not going to sing it because I'm, oh, I'm better than that. I'm just going to just going to put dead. that in your heads for the day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Corinne. Bye. Bye. Perhaps we'll we'll check in with our single fan just to make sure that uh, she is not, in fact, watching season two of And Just Like Crap. Shall we get into it, Rock? Let's. Okay. Mercifully, this is the last episode of X, Y and Me. We meet the guys, that is Jackie, Che, Carrie and Hot Franklin, the producer, Mm. who's been searing quietly Mm. on the back burner all season. Mm. And, um, you know, they do another comedically avant-garde episode of X, Y and Me where they're comparing breakups and guess who wins again? Well, I believe I do, but Carrie does in the show. Carrie pulls out. They're talking about breakups. I think Mm. Jackie, uh, his breakup was, oh, 
gosh, I can't remember what his breakup was. Uh, Chase says uh, that they Face were. Time? Yeah, Chase says that they were broken that's up right. with on, on FaceTime, which I don't think is terrible. No, I think that's fine. That's like way better than half the breakups I've ever had. Did this remind you of something in season five and why didn't Carrie mention it? Burger? Exactly, the poster. I actually didn't think about that, but yeah, the like the death one is great because death trumps it, but she should have mentioned Burger first, you're right. Yeah. Fucking post it. FaceTime is great. Like, yeah, especially if it's during COVID. Yeah, it's COVID conscious. But have you enjoyed the uh, getting to know all about gender diversity with the X, Y and May podcast? Oh, it's definitely, definitely contributed to my education. Mm. That's enough of that, really. Mm. So we see Carrie looking at Big's ashes in the Barney's bag next to her favourite pair of shoes. And then we cut to the end of the date with school teacher Pete. Mm. Bitsy Von Muffling has an opinion here. Ooh. Uh, he wanted us to say that Peter looks like a cross between Vincent D'Onofrio mm. and Billy Bob Thornton. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's good. I would throw even a third in there of of Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah, there's hey, something there. There's just Mark Hamill got fuckable. It did he? I thought. I have. I have. Like I've never seen Star Wars, so I don't even know if he was fuckable before. But I know his no. face, and I feel like Billy Bob Thornton and D'Onofrio. Oh, I guess. D'Onofrio's got kind of a, a baby chubby face sometimes, but because Pete, Peter's got like kind eyes, and I don't, I don't feel like Billy Bob Thornton does. Yeah, no, I'd still throw a hammer. Maybe it's the hair. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pork either Vincent or Billy Bob. Who am I fooling? We'd both do Billy Bob, wouldn't we? We would. I would do Vincent in certain movies and not in others. Well, look, you would do a key grip associated with Law and Order. This is true. This is very true. Although his franchise wasn't really my thing. Okay. But I did recently rewatch Mystic Pizza, one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, and really? Yes, Julia Roberts' Julia Roberts movie, yeah, I think. debut, I believe. Mm. And D'Onofrio is in it, which yeah. I didn't realize because I hadn't seen it since I was a teenager. And yeah, D'Onofrio plays like this just really sweet guy, this really sweet fisherman guy, and I'm not used to D'Onofrio playing a sweetheart and I quite enjoyed it. He uh, moves on to what, some, something more of a, a Harvey Keitel persona, does mm, he? he? Well, he's, he's like a, or generally he's like a cop or he's in the mob or he's like, he's, he plays hard characters generally. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> at the end of the date, mm. hot or not when Peter says, I'd really like to kiss you now? I think it was nice um, and I think it was, you know, it was quite now and it's. I think it was even harking back to the consent issue that's kind of, they've kind of highlighted quite a bit here with people asking if things are okay. Yeah, um, and I, I believe in the state of New South Wales and Australia there's uh, affirmative consent laws being passed mm. I can only imagine that people are going to make huge amounts of fun of that in their real life. Possibly. <laughs> no, but I mean, I guess for younger generations, it is, it's more part of it. it like it is. It, Seriously? It, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's, it, it's being asked to, to, to be featured more in, in TV shows. It's more, it's more heavily just, is this okay? Is this okay? Not, it, not that that should be constant, but. It's it's more just being highlighted as something that should just be second nature. But shouldn't you say it in a filthy, dirty voice? 
like growling slash purring in their ear while grabbing their genitals? No. Really? No. 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 No, I think we might need to send you to consent school. Okay. Um, The kiss? The kiss was, yeah, very, very impassionate. Is that a word? Yeah. The yeah, the, the kiss we find out because there's a report. Who does Carrie call first? Seema. I guess Seema's generally available. Not now. Eh, eh? Well, she answers the phone, so she, so she is. But the, the sm- let's just quickly go, like, the smoking in bed. Stop glorifying smoking. Oh, I mean, smoking's, um, I mean, you know, this is very lazy um, because everybody says it about the city of New York, about fashion and what have you. But, I mean, smoking is... A character, an ongoing character. Well, it is. I just don't see why it has to be. Like, I kind of love that they're smoking in bed and hate it at the same time. Come on, you've done it, haven't you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Fucking but awesome. It's just, a, I'm, it's just a bit of a weird thing that's constantly through it. You may note, though, that Carrie later on in the episode makes a reference to having quit. Yes. Or actually, uh, first up. I think, when she and Jackie commiserate because Che makes the great announcement that they have a pilot in LA mm. coming up. I'm making a pilot! Uh, yes, well, we'll get there, won't we? Mm. And uh, Jackie asks Carrie for a cigarette and Carrie has no cigarettes because she's quit again, mm. she says. Mm. So, you know, that may appease. Uh, cigarettes are, well, they were something that she shared occasionally with Big while establishing their relationship. Yeah. And uh, she went in and out of smoking. Yeah, I think, look, I'm not like pearl clutching and I I think it's like I agree with you, but I just it's just like the point of Seema and what's his face, Zed, I think, Zad, Zed. Yeah, something something like that. Zip, it's a Zoo, Zuby. The point of them smoking in bed and saying they they got it on the smoking floor, like fine, like I don't, I honestly actually don't care. It just it just seems unnecessary to me. Mm. I'm going to say I don't think that it bears the weight of analysis. Fair enough, which is not something I say very Ooh. often about anything. Ooh. And move on in the same scene uh, where Carrie says that confides in Seema as she once would have with Miranda, who at this time has a face full of muff, so Mm. is unavailable. Mm. Then she notes that the lamp is faulty. Mm. So she's she's recounted the kiss that uh, she says she's unmoved by and then her rather plain bedside lamp is on the fritz. Yes. Well, it's turning. It's turning on when it shouldn't be. And, of course, she concludes that this can only be big communicating her, with her from the other side saying don't have unpleasant kisses. I mean, I don't know what else it could possibly be, so I took that as as a definite. Well, we find out because they go to the – it's actually the old coffee shop, the OG coffee shop. Did you notice that? Uh, no, I didn't. There you go. I can, I can see it now thinking about it, yes. And – the, the haunted lamp is, um, you know, one of the topics of mm. conversation, but it is the old Sex in the City coffee shop and, of course, that set has long been dismantled, specially reconstructed, and wasn't that a good use of dollars? And this is the first time I believe that we see it in the season. So Carrie, of course, talks about the haunted lamp. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not. it's not surprising that Charlotte's like, yes, he's communicating with you and Charlotte's romantic and into that sort of thing. I think Miranda being a cunt 
for quite a lot of conversations this episode when just let your dead friend think her husband is talking to her. Yeah, like, I know, but I mean, I kind of welcomed that not because it was the sort of thing that one, uh, if one is a, a grown human adult lady, should do, but, you know, bringing back the cunt Miranda, the sardonic godless Miranda, I, I applaud that. Yeah, and, and I think, like, I think you would expect Miranda to, I mean, obviously she's being a cunt and it works for the episode because I'm angry at her and that's the rise they want out of me. But if your friend thinks that her dead husband of only a year is speaking to her through inanimate objects, I don't think that's true, but she 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 hammers it and then she does it again later in the episode. That's awful and how dare they. This segues into a conversation about the afterlife. Uh, Miranda is aghast that Carrie appears to no longer be on her side about the question of the afterlife, which is quite funny. Yeah, and and not something that like this isn't all of this isn't something that they would have gone into in the like this is a bit kind of spiritual and ecclesiastical for the franchise. I want to ask you though, because Charlotte says she believes in heaven. Mm-hmm. Jews don't believe in heaven, do they? Well, we believe, I say we, I don't, but in Judaism there is an afterlife. People refer to it as heaven and that's what that's what it's meant, but it's it's not the same concept of heaven as in Christianity. It's an afterlife. Everyone goes there. There's no purgatory. There's no hell. How rational. Hmm. Rational within the, the, you know, Abrahamic universe. Yeah, look, the, the, what I, you know, one thing that I do, I, I really like about Judaism, not that I'm practising, is that the point of Judaism is be a good person because you should be a good person in the here and now. There's no, you won't go to heaven. There's no, you'll be in purgatory. There's no, you'll be in hell. It's just, just be a good person. Mm. And that's why Jewish guilt is of a finer quality than a Catholic guilt. Mm. I'm much more scared of my, like, oh, I was much more scared of my mother than like God or the devil or or whatever whatever it is. And I just, death is seen, I think I've talked about this before, death is seen as as this equaliser and everyone, no matter how rich you are or poor you are or smart you are or hot you are, everyone is the same in the afterlife. Speaking of Judaism, Charlotte is busy rebranding the bar or bat mitzvah as a they mitzvah. I believe that there already is a word in uh, Judaism for it. You you can call uh, uh, a gender non-specific mitzvah a benai mitzvah. Oh, I didn't know that. You don't care about your people as much as I do. Clearly not. Oh, here, here I am shouldering the burden. Yeah. D- did you take butts? Did you take your butt mitzvah? Yeah. Was it fun or not? <laughs> so I've got. I wanted to talk about this because it was actually my youngest niece's butt mitzvah last weekend. Oh really? Yes. Oh, do tell. It's very interesting. So my butt mitzvah. For anyone that doesn't know, a butt mitzvah is something that a Jewish boy has at thirteen to mark his entry into manhood. They read a bunch of prayers. You know, the original is they read a bunch of prayers from the Torah for the first time in front of family and it's, it's you know, they're accepted into the fold. Now it's they read a bunch of prayers and then their family spends more money than they have and more money than 
than anyone spends on any wedding to entertain their friends and family. And this is a sort of a circulation of funds from what I understand too. Like, uh, you know, a lot of kinship rituals are the same. You spend a lot of money. Mm. um, You send yourself broke. Mm. But there is money, well, uh, in uh, Christianity anyway. uh, At the wedding, for example, there is money pinned to your dress. Uh, well, get to the child though. There, there's money. There's money given to yep. the child. You don't. You don't recoup the funds. I guess often the child will uh, have that cash managed, perhaps put into a college fund or something yeah. along these lines. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I think generally, yes. The thing. The thing is now. So boys have to do it at thirteen, and it's it's ordained. I guess girls don't actually yeah. have to do it, but they wanted to, so they do now. Yeah, because um, like fuck that. Exactly. I, I was like, we want to get rich too, but the girls can do it at kind of any age. My oldest niece and my nephew, who's a year and a half older than her, had theirs together. Oh, sweet. Um, which was lovely, and it was it was in synagogue first, and then there was like a party in the like a hall in their school. I think it was, mm. and. There's lots of, you know, Jewish dancing and food and it's just, it's a party. It's like a very, very grand birthday party, basically. Mm. Uh, importantly for later on, the party does not take place in the synagogue because I think it's very, 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 very trafe, uh, that is to say non-kosher, to have food in a synagogue. So a lot of more religious Jews or less wealthy Jews will have a what's called a kaddish after a bat mitzvah, which is food in the in a room in the synagogue, yeah, but not actually in the worship. Oh, not room. in not in the in the actual prayer room, but yeah. on the site, a lot of people do. The other thing that's mentioned at the coffee shop is that Che has extended an invitation to Miranda to meet their family. Yes, I think. Then does Samantha text at around about this point? Carrie texts Samantha, Carrie's back at home and she texts Samantha that she's kissed someone and Samantha said, how was it? And Carrie said, it wasn't big. And Samantha, in classic Samantha, was like, so it wasn't small. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, Samantha makes a rare appearance. Mm-hmm. I think then, then we, we segue to uh, Rock. Carrie goes to the lamp shop first. Oh, that's right. Uh, my apologies. Which doesn't really bear talking about. It's just cute. No. Yeah, yeah. It's like the bodega guy. It's a little slice of of a New York old shop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it can uh, afford to support two employees. (laughs) Apparently it does. (laughs) In an age where nobody gets anything repaired, Mm. we cut to Charlotte, Harry and Anthony. As ever, Anthony is sporting some of the best dialogue, but, um, you know, Harry in this scene, I think, gives him a, a run for his catty money because Anthony's, of course, doing the challah mm-hmm. for the benign mitzvah or the, the, the they mitzvah and he's done um, sourdough bread. Which is genius. Like I want to try that challah. Yeah, apparently it doesn't actually exist. Well, it, I, it sounds like it, it would be quite difficult. I, I've made challah. I haven't made sourdough, but I understand the process and I think it would be very hard to create the texture of challah and the flavour of challah with sourdough. Harry insists on also having challah that is not sourdough because, you know, they're having a they mitzvah. It's hipster challah. There's a trans rabbi, uh, Rabbi Jen, and he says, please give the old Jews something they can recognise. Not that you see any old Jews at that they mitzvah. But, yes, and on that then enters 
Rabbi Jan, who we need to yeah. talk about. Oh, I love, I love Rabbi Jen. She is, I mean, that's Hari Neff, who is incredible. Just the most on toast. Oh, she's beautiful and her fashion in this is great. She just looks amazing. She's beautiful and her, you're going to die when I say this, but of course, spin-off show, Rabbi Jen. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you have to say it by law, Mm. Rabbi Jen is quite something. Mm. Uh, she was a recurring uh, character in the hashtag problematic transparent. Mm. Mm. She's been in uh, You, a show I don't like at all. I haven't watched um, You. Yeah. Transparent also had an excellent female rabbi in Catherine Hahn. Oh, my God. Yeah, who should be hey, given hey, all, the, all hey. the parts. Whose face have I got? Have you got Catherine Hahn's face? Choppy cheeks, pointy nose. Sure. <laughs> sure, yes. Love. Catherine oh, Hahn. She should be given all the shows. She's incredible. And she's, I love her as a rabbi going out with skeezy what's-his-face. The brother. The Duplass. The other Duplass. Jay Duplass. What is with those Duplass brothers? Oh, I what love the- them. Because they're obvious sexual perverts? Well, Jay definitely is. We've discussed this. That's my vibe. Oh, no, but they need a slap. I think Jay to me is, I think he looks like a, a I, I'm not as, I'm not necessarily physically attracted to Jay Duplass. Good to know. I am more physically attracted to Mark Duplass. He'll be crushed. But I think they do good things. I think they do different. I think they're smart. I think sometimes they're, they're too hipster and smart and trying, but I like what they do. I cannot concur, but per the parameters of my new ADHD medication, mm-hmm. I will not argue <laughs> and, continue, and continue to focus. Do you like that? I do. Did you watch just on this before we, we wrap up the Duplass Brothers did you watch Somebody Somewhere? Oh, I can't remember. Is that the one with Melanie Lensky, whom I love? No, I haven't watched that one yet. I um, fucking love her. Yeah, she's great. I fucking love her. Somebody Somewhere is Bridget Everett, who is a comedian. She's You would have seen her with Amy Schumer a bit. She's a large woman. She's a comedian. She gets her tits out a lot. She's awesome. There's a show called More Some- Than Catherine Hahn. Yes, because she does it like in her comedy concerts on stage. I probably know her. I think you wouldn't know her if you saw her, but somebody somewhere, I loved it. It's an incredible half hour. Well, I'll talk to you when you've seen Yellow Jackets and not before. (laughs) I've taken my Modafinil. Well done. And I'm going to say Mm. we learn from Rabbi Jen Mm -hmm. that Rock is a shit child. Yes. We're getting Mm. uh, not one but two non-binary persons represented in this program, but they're both kind of shitty. One's a fuck they. Mm. One needs some of my medication because Rock hath not been studying their Torah portion. On that, Rock is not necessarily non-binary. Spanner in the works. I know. An interesting spanner and a spanner I like. But, yes, Rock has not been studying their Torah and Anthony gives them A great pep talk that I love. Well, not so much a pep talk as a dressing down. (laughs) No, just do the fucking work. Which I have to say, (laughs) I personally find that much more effective. You know, tell me I'm Mm. bad rather Mm. than uh, empower me and tell me about my potential. Get your gay, non-familial uncle Mm. to scream at you. There's a business idea. There's another business idea. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Then we cut to Miranda and Che at some club or another, 
Miranda is all frocked up in something or another. What? What is this concoction? Oh, she, she looks terrible. Like, ter- I am not. Oh. She's And her hair, she looks like a little girl going to a party. She's got more like Charlotte's look happening. Rose pink or pale pink silk dress with arm cutouts, which are never, like, arm slashes are never a good idea in my opinion. Her hair's like curled. It, it's like ultra femme terribleness. What we are supposed to infer from this particular outfit, if one could even use that term for this bunch of ultra femme rags, that Miranda is dressing to meet the family, dressing in her version of respectability. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not even her version of respectability. It's someone else's. It's not even Charlotte's. I don't even, I don't know where it comes. Maybe it's, maybe it's because it's not her version that she looks so bad and so mismatched. Uh, Perhaps, but she does look uh, remarkably bad. Che, as uh, you have commented, Rock, looks better and better with every episode as their fame encroaches. They're rocking two expensive bombers in this. Oh, go on then, go Uh, on. The first is in the podcast recording scene when they're warring about who's got the best breakup. They're wearing a jacket by Palm Angels, which is, I think it's a newer label or I just could have missed it. Um, I don't like it at all. It, it's, to me, verging on Ed Hardy. <sighs> Those words may come back to bite me one day. But that is a $3,000 bomber jacket that they're wearing in that episode. Like, Chase stepped it up. They've stepped their pussy up and they are in fashion now. And the other bomber jacket? The other bomber jacket that they are wearing at the Meet the Family Lounge Act comedy concert brag fest, mm. they are wearing a diesel bomber jacket, mm. still expensive by most people's standards, somewhere around four or 500. You don't approve of diesel either, do you? Not a fan. Okay. Uh, so Miranda has been led to believe that this is the moment that Che moves from fuck they to quasi-monogamous partner with an introduction to their mm. their family, their parents. Instead, Miranda is looking difficult, uh, out of sorts and poorly dressed as she possibly can, between Che's two grandmothers. Uh, lo and behold, we are in a club and the band strikes up with California Girls. I understand that Sara Ramirez, don't try that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't try that, Rambo. Don't do Sarah that. Sara Ramirez. <laughs> stop. Please stop. Sara uh, won uh, a Tony for their performance in Spamalot, I think it was. Oh. So I. They've got a decent voice. Uh, they do. Uh, have a fine voice, uh, mm. a very, you know, musical comedy voice, mm. you know, a bit, Earth, oh, my man. <laughs> mm. Lots of power. Uh, mm. The power exceeds the, the musicality. You know, that's what I tell myself mm-hmm. anyway in order to sustain my uh, Broadway dreams. Mm. Ears of tin. Well, I, I can I can belt it out hey. as can Che with a almost straight to the chorus uh, version of California Girls. Uh, this is in fact an introduction or rather an announcement. I have a pilot and it's um, being shot in Los Angeles for pilot season. Imagine if your friend invited you to a party just so they could say they're going to California. 
<laughs> I just thought it was the funniest thing. As Trey themselves says, though, I'm a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's like it's 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 hilarious, and I think it's great. I do think I I think you know this happens in television. I think the idea like they're going to LA to shoot a pilot, then they're not going to be there for ten years. They're going to go shoot a pilot. It's like kind of seems to be like they're moving to LA and Che has a job there. Mm. They extend the invitation to Miranda. Mm. Come join me in LA mm. uh, for what sounds very much like it's going to be a sitcom in the old style multi camera. Yeah, it, who knows? But yeah, they're they're shooting a pilot. They're meeting with actors on Monday, apparently. Tony Danza. Oh my god! And it's being shot on one day. Yes, one day. Yeah, that means one thing. Multi-camera sitcom. Yeah. With an audience. And they're moving to California for this? Yeah. Very yeah. strange. Well, there, there are still network programs that are, that are multi-cam. Yeah, oh, it's just they're, they're, like, they're, like generally if th- this was the case, they'd go to California for a week and come back. Mm. It's all wrong. Anyway. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Uh, and like many moments in the, the La Grande Finale, it, this one is... To advance the plot. Uh, yes, to, of to, course. To get Miranda to the point where she's questioning things, you know, about her, you know, regular uh, me and my career first uh, way of thinking. Mm. We then cut to the podcast, uh, Jay having announced their quasi-victory in Los Angeles of making a pilot during pilot week, which may or may not be picked up by the network says something, again, bad, bad plot building. Mm. I'm going to give up this podcast. Mm. What the fuck? For a pilot. It's stable income. You Why idiot. didn't they just say they're going to LA to film a show that they have sold to a network and are producing and filming? Because they have a personality disorder? Well, just the scripting. I don't understand why why it just wasn't, that wasn't it. Perhaps they've made the decision that the LA move beckons. Yeah, but they could just say they're going to LA to film an entire show, an entire season, which would mean that they would be gone and they would have to give up the podcast and it would make sense that Miranda's dropping her life. Are, rather we, than are we in the same pilot. room? What do you mean? We're doing a podcast right now, Rock. Yeah. Rock and Rambo. Oh, true, true. And Just Like Crap. True, but it would just make more sense that if if they were gone, and also they were like if they're working on a pilot, that's what the, or on a series, they don't, they might they don't have time for a podcast necessarily. It's just it's just a plot point you that keep was weird to me. Doing the podcast, you keep getting those smackaroos coming in. Stable income, stable income. Sure, but I think that they wanted to advance the plot this way, and I think they did it wrong. Uh, yes, Jacking, um, Carrie uh, uh, on, on the street commiserating. This is where Carrie discloses that she's oh, yeah. given up cigarettes. Uh, and it's a nice moment between Jackie and Carrie and saying they like each other and they don't want to be just situation friends, which I quite like. Site-specific friends, yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, yeah, it's certainly not a friendship that Carrie has built with Che. No, but I would have liked to have seen more and I doubt we'll get Jackie in the next season, I assume his character is out. I don't know. There is Smoke the designer to consider. Who is smoking and amazing. 
but we'll get yes, to it's her. A, it, it, it's very much a case with smoke of nominative determinism, I believe, is the ah. fancy schmancy word that people yes. use. I like it. Um, but, yeah, I would have liked to have seen there were quite a few Jackie, not quite a few, there weren't enough, but there were a few Jackie Carey nice moments. Like when she calls him and they've got other walking scenes, I just think it would be a shame if Jackie's not in season two, which yes. I don't expect. Yes. I, when Jackie declares that he has done a ton of weed and is forgetful as a result. It's much more charming uh, than is the case with Che. Yes. Jackie has forgotten, probably because of the marijuana, Mm -hmm. to extend a party invitation to Carrie. He does so now Mm. and Carrie accepts. Mm. More of that anon. (laughs) Very heavy. (laughs) Cliffhanger. I know, I know. Can you can you even fucking believe? Uh, very uh, very celebration heavy. This episode mm. we've already been to Che's not impromptu but planned performance, announcing the acquisition of a half a career goal. I guess <laughs> the benign mitzvah is coming within uh, Naya and Miranda. You know, I'm still shipping them. I'm not. Naya needs to cut her loose. <laughs> Miranda can go. Naya needs to stay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miranda <laughs> declares that she has decided to go to Los Angeles and her coursework um, only a year. Give up, give up an internship with Human Rights Watch. Well, I would suggest that Human Rights Watch is one of, and there is some competition, one of the stinkiest NGOs um, of all the Western NGOs, they fucking suck. Nonetheless, uh, very high profile. Uh, and Miranda, Naya has obviously stuck her neck out to get it for Miranda. Uh, yes, but um, Miranda says, um, and this is, you know, this episode is about transition and change and not having many laughs, um, but fortunately having some eye candy, particularly later on in the form of fashion. Mm. Uh, This is a significant, you know, I mean, there's a lot of laborious plot prep done for this moment, Um, but we can can see Miranda really making an effort to play against type, uh, uh, you know, as per earlier Miranda, the cynical Miranda, the Miranda that even with the recently widowed friend uh, brings up, um, you know, the concept of atheism and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they've decided to be, you know, vulnerable and truly in love. I'm not buying it, but there you go. Yeah, I, I think like that. that is exactly why it happens, but also, also the idea of a you know, 55-year-old, 60-year-old, very accomplished lawyer doing an internship at an NGO is very amusing to me. Or even bothering with a fucking master's. I mean, just go and get a job in human rights. I mean, there's 5,000 corrupt NGOs in DC. Choose any one of them. Take a pay cut. I did like that they do. There's a very nice line from Naya when Miranda asks about her and Andre, her smoking hot husband oh and she says that they're trying some time apart and she puts it nicely where she says we're not in the same place emotionally so we're going to try being in the same not being in the same place physically Mm, and I think that's a nice way of putting it I like it when Naya and Andre are in the same place physically and Mm. doing the sex yes they are very hot I'm very 
disappointed that we're not going to see them doing the sex again. Well, we might. You never know. I would like to see them. Although I don't think Naya will be back next season either. Oh, you, you never know. She, they've, they've invested in them, so maybe they will. I liked it when they did the sex. Yes, you have said. Have I made that clear enough? Mm-hmm. Seema phone call number two. Seema being re-established as Carrie's bestie. They have a exchange about, uh, what's his name? Zip Zebedee Zong? Zed, I think. Yeah, Zed. Zed or Zad, I think. The the Dunhill smoking potential Ugh. love interest. He's quite gross. I don't like him. But I can I do kind of think he does work for Seema. I think it I think it it makes sense. Oh, well that's very Seema, isn't it? Like ignoring the protocols that have newly emerged in the post Me Too epoch and fucking an inferior in the workplace. Is he an inferior? I'm presuming. I like. I, I guess. It, I guess in some ways he. Seema has to be the boss of everything. Yeah, but I think that's why he works because I think he does too. That's clear. Okay. I don't like him for Seema. He's an Italian nightclub owner. He has to be the boss as well. I don't like him for Seema. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Seema and Dre. No, she's too old to reproduce, and Andre really wants a kitty. <sighs> yeah. God. What a what an intricate web we weave. What a web. Another phone call, you know, another thing that is obviously establishing character arcs, setting us up for season two. And then oh, I can't remember his name. Up close, not as hot as I recall at the oh, funeral. Oh, the brother. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, no. From a distance, mm. you know. Well, from a distance, as we've said, he's got that madman. Yeah. What's his face look? Roger. Roger, but yeah, close up. Mm, bit of a bit of a poor man situation. I can't remember which which it is, um, Monet or Manet, but uh, mm, to yeah, quote Mo- Cher from the Bible, uh, yeah, okay, clueless. Mm. She's a total Monet. Yeah, very important. Mm-hmm. The, the grand finale. I have neglected to ask you, fashion. What's been happening? Um, basically, I think Carrie looks excellent throughout this episode, as she generally does. And she's a bit pared back in a few in a few scenes, which I like. Like I don't know if it's a, it's a comfort thing. I don't know. Like she's still rocking it, but she's she's a little bit less encumbered. I'm going to say. Yeah. the The only time that I think that that doesn't work great is the scene where she and Jackie are walking. They've just had the podcast, and she's wearing a cream either dress or blouse and skirt mm. and then a cream jacket over it. Mm. And to me it was reminiscent of the when she was with Charlotte at the funeral home, mm. that very pale dress with the coat with no embellishment. She is in this scene carrying an amazing bag, black and silver studded Sonia Reichel bag. Thanks, Sonia goodness. Reichel, I know, there's some accessorising. Um, Sonia Reichel, not, not a label that I'd, think we've seen this season but a beautiful French label unfortunately Sonia herself passed away a short time ago tragically oh, tragically for fashion and tragic circumstances yeah I would say both hmm. is this couture uh the Sonia Raquel label no no it's 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 ready to wear ah okay and then she's also wearing some black and silver 
pumps. I'm not sure who they are. Oh, I think they might be Isabel Morant. I think she's wearing some black and silver Isabel Morant pumps. So they're like there is some accessories, but most of her looks just bland and shapeless. Mm. I wonder why. Perhaps it's because this episode is all about transitions. Yeah, I feel like it's something about transitions, about comfort in herself, about I'm not sure, but the rest really works. The the in like one of my favorites was the the light blue off-center blazer dress that she's wearing when she meets Big's brother for lunch. Mm. And again, she's just got her hair out, she's wearing that dress. She's got, you know, it's nothing overly embellished, but she just looks phenomenal again and she's done that a few times in this season just with like with the the black and white almost Jackie O dress that she wore at the auction there are occasional moments where she needs nothing more than a dress Mm. so after uh Jackie and Carrie on the street I just want to ask you we we then visit Naya and Miranda in Professor Naya Wallace's office at at Columbia um and Miranda you know says that she's changing her life, blowing up her life, in fact. Uh, Naya, you've uh, admired uh, some of her outfits throughout. Wearing anything special here or nothing of note? Uh, Not that I could see, but just I love that she's wearing like she's very mismatched, but it kind of looks, I think she's wearing basically like tracksuit pants, which is awesome, Um, but with like a sheer, we don't really see the pants, but you see a hint of dark green through it. And she's wearing a sheer top over another top the the most um the best thing about that outfit was I loved the plaits around her hair yeah she hasn't got a rough head this one no oh she's gorgeous even more gorgeous when she's sexing her husband Andre who's now on tour now Miranda's fashion anything stunning here or does she just continue in Miranda fashion um nothing's particularly great I liked that like let me let me recall in the scene that we've just been discussing with with Naya in her office uh, to me, she looks a bit 80s teacher in that scene. Mm. She's she's wearing like a mismatched blazer and a shirt. They're, they're not particularly well fitting. Mm. They look a little bit oversized. I just I just got this kind of academic even vibe. I'm saying I'm going to go with bank tiller 1980s. I think just like woman in job 1980s. But not but not Melanie Griffith. No, who has <laughs> no a head not for business queen. and a bod for sin. Miranda, I like in the scene where they're at the coffee shop, the original coffee shop, and she's being a bitch about her friend's husband who's just died not being in heaven. She's wearing like an almost, it's a tracksuit basically. She's, and I, I just feel like it's a, it's a Che rubbing off on her. Hey, um, <laughs> little nod. Um, <laughs> I like sex jokes. But yeah, it's, she's just wearing like a black, um, shell jacket and a black, not a shell jacket, just a, a zip jacket and Wait, black, so matching black track pants. What is a shell? Why do people talk about shell? Shell dress, shell jacket, shell top. What the fuck is a shell? I don't know about shell dress and shell top, but a shell jacket. I don't know the definition. It's just it like it's an it's a original Adidasy style matching tracksuit. I think it might generally be of that parachute material, but I honestly, I'm just talking out of my but ass. But what does shell mean? I've Google imaged it. I can't explain it. Can you, like, my Rambo address is helen at badhostess.com. If you know what a shell thingy is, can you please tell me? I'm finding it very, very frustrating. There's wide consensus that the word should be used. To what does it refer? I must know. 
as my fashion education, your fashion education potentially, continues here on And Just Like Crap with the past master, Rock. Well, that tracksuit I did have in my notes is Lululemon, in fact. Ugh. So not not so cool. As, I just refuse to go Jay's into that store. Streetwear. Um, oh, I'm wearing Lululemon tights now. They are great. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I wouldn't wear it as fashion, but Carrie in that scene, in the coffee shop scene, is wearing what might be my favorite outfit for the episode. It mismatched stripy blazer style top. Yeah. And clashing stripy pants, all in kind of goldy browns with colour highlights. And I just I just love it. It's a very different look. It's got a little bit of colour and a little bit looks like it might be like an Indian type of fabric perhaps or a South Asian type of fabric. But she just looks really, I just really liked that outfit. It was very different and I liked it a lot. The point here is that this autumnal pile of textiles meets with Rock's approval. Another phone call with Seema follows. They talk about Zab, Zet, Zig, Zog, Zebedee, whatever the fuck his name is. We don't like him for Seema. We don't like him, but I think he's great for Seema. I, I disagree with you there. I think it's a meeting of sexual minds. Sexual minds. <laughs> I don't like him, but I think it is. I think it works. All right. Okay. Well, they both smoke, so that's something. There, there is that. Big's brother, he says to Carrie, I want to know what happened to John and then there's a beat. I quite liked this. I thought this was kind of funny, to be honest. Perhaps he is supposed to look a little dishevelled because there is a moment of comedic doubt. He explains why he's taken Carrie to lunch. They've never been close. And he says, I want to know where John is. And Carrie replies. Um, he died. Of course, it's comedic confusion, is it not? Yeah, I think it was funny. And I, I, I think that it was good because it was followed by where he says early onset dementia and then goes not so early onset. Hey, maybe I'm partial to an early onset dementia joke. That's what my dad had. <laughs> and why not yuck it up at, hey. your, at, at your dead father's expense? Hey, I thought it was cute. I yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah, but they're talking about uh, the... The cremains, uh, mm. the the ashes of Big, is kind of nice. This is another look at grief, another grief illustration that's that's quite good because the significant other can be reminded, you know, that there is family, you mm. know, that there is somebody else who cares about such mm. things, and be quite yeah. shocked by it. Yeah, I think it was a it was a very uncomfortable. It turned into a very uncomfortable scene for and just like crap, and I think it was done well, and I think. My God, the idea of being in a mausoleum with your husband and his family yeah. who you aren't close to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I th and I think they're being obviously very patient and quite nice. I hope she tells them that she threw him off the bridge. Maybe she should have invited them to throw him off the bridge. Uh, yes, but we'll get to the, the Pont-Marie, uh, the kissing bridge across the Riviere Seine. How do you like my high school French? I'm making a special effort for la grande finale. It's great. Thank you. Amazing. It's You're doing amazing work. Three seasons at the Alliance Francaise. Hey. Never got past the first, uh, the present tense. No, I wasn't good at French. I wish I was. So you could go to Fashion Week and speak fashion. Mm. Now, there's many, many scenes in this, you know, slightly over 30-minute long uh, episode and a lot of them are to drive the plot along. Uh, the party scenes are kind of fun. 
Carrie is forced to think about Big and what she should do to lay him to rest. And then we go to the lamp shop and find out that the idea of Big's ghost is electronically laid to rest Mm. by the fix-it man, the lamp fix-it man. Um, On Mm -hmm. the first visit to the lamp shop, Carrie says, it's just turning on and off all by itself. And he said, that's weird. And she says, it is, isn't it? But it's a much more rational explanation when we get to the the lamp shop the next time. Oh, Mm -hmm. it was a faulty wire. I fixed it. But did he? Well, who can say? But then we go to Jackie and Smokes, and Smoke is a smoke show, nominative determinism party, and we uh, go to, I think, the finale of season one of Girls. Remind me. Oh, Marnie has a surprise fucking wedding. Fucking Marnie. Was that the end of season one? I don't know. Yeah, I think around then. I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. You know, so many things have occurred. You know, I've uh, you've done a master's. I've been to mental hospital. I think <laughs> that it might have been season one, season two. Who cares? But did you see the similarities? Did you see the parallels? I didn't note it. No. There was a lot of fucking exposed brick. Oh, that's right. I think I'm thinking of a different wedding. She has two, doesn't she? There's Look, one like in, just in fuck an, on like a country estate. Yeah. Like does she marry that creepy guy who plays music? Yes. I think that's the second one. Either way, Jackie and Smoke's party turns out to be a surprise wedding. It seems to be in Brooklyn. It seems to involve a lot of exposed brick. Mm-hmm. But unlike uh, Marnie's wedding, I'm left with a very uncomfortable memory of the celebrant. You know, Jackie just says, hey, oh, we're getting married or something along these lines. I'm, I'm sorry. I actually quite like this character too. What's the name of the actor? You, you, you know him, don't you, Rock? I haven't looked it up. No. Oh, I haven't either. Thank you very much, Bitsy Von Muffling. It's, it's Bobby Lee. Uh, and then there's Franklin there also. At the wedding. Yes. Whose name, for some reason, I always think is Mark. Perhaps because he leaves an indelible mark on your vagina. Possibly. So what What about uh, Smoke's wedding frock? Oh, so good. Gorgeous. So good. It is by, I'm just going oh, to it is, refer it's, it's to Oh, it's like by notes. a designer. It's not something not, bespoke. Not one I knew before. It's um a label... With two women, it's called, and I, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but it's N-D-I-G-O. So I think it's, it's a play on Indigo, but it, there's no I. It's N-D-I-G-O, studio. Uh, and they do incredible, super saturated, bright colours with really interesting cuts and they're very much, and you can tell when you look at their designs, they're very much inspired by like architecture and they're very, like very interesting. And the dress that she's wearing, she's wearing a top and a skirt and the top is the leaf print top and you can see how each piece right. on, on her breasts is a, is a leaf. And it, it, it looks like, um, I don't know, some kind of bandeau arrangement or something, uh, but it's uh, in the shape of a butterfly, is it not? This buttercup yellow uh, matching set? It's called the leaf top, so I think it's, I don't think it's a butterfly, but I see what you're saying. Oh, well, it's, you know, nature. The sort of thing that uh, only somebody with a torso worth showing should wear, mm. IMO. And smoke is gorgeous. Would you call it buttercup yellow? Sure. Okay. And, and then when Franklin appears, says something faintly sexy to Carrie, if I'm not very much mistaken. I don't really remember, but I think he says that he thinks she should have a show. She should too. And she should call it Sex in the City. What's Carrie wearing? She looks amazing, as usual. She's wearing a dark green, what looks like strapless party dress with 
beautiful big white flowers on it and she's wearing a white la- a white lace like jacket bolero type thing and gold sandals. The dress is Oscar de la Renta. As it often is. Um, I think there's, there are actually two in this episode, Oscar de la Renta's. But they've, of course, because they're geniuses and amazing, it was actually, it's, it's strapless in this um, and the skirt is huge. It's obviously got a lot of tulle underneath it. I love her in a ballerina skirt. I know. It's just great. So originally it was like a high-necked dress and they've cut the top <gasps> off it and they do this occasionally. They've oh, done really? it with a few things. They cut the top off it. Also in this episode there's a lot of wearing things backwards, which is something I often do. Like crisscross. Um, yes, like crisscross, except not my jump, pants, jump. generally my tops or dresses. Sometimes if it's not working, ladies, turn it around, see if it works. <laughs> inside out, upside down. Just back to front. Just or maybe inside out. Back Who to knows? front. They've also put just layers and layers of tulle under this Oscar de la Renta dress so it has this huge bouffant look which wasn't the original style. Obviously an outfit worth revisiting because it is revisited momentarily. Kelly goes home to her home and the mm. haunted lamp uh, appears to be haunting her again. That's right. She lapses into uh, a temporary fever dream where uh, I guess Michael Patrick King is trying to be a Stephen Brackage or David Lynch or something like that <laughs> and she's wearing the same frock. One instant she's at their wedding. Another instant she's in Paris and uh, she's wearing the same outfit. Uh, but she dreams briefly of Paris. It's more of a mm-hmm. vision than a dream. Mm-hmm. And the voice says to her something like, go to Paris. Red rum. Red rum. I'm not sure. Red rum. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say red rum, does it? I don't think so. I did write down what he says. Let me have a look. Here on And Just Like Crap, Rock has a flu shot appointment because she is the public face of responsible health messaging. Yes. So regrettably, we may have to rush a little through the Benai Mitzvah, a.k.a. as rebranded by Charlotte, the they mitzvah. So much happens here. Oh, so uh, but nothing uh, so good as Rabbi Jen, who oh. really, uh, what, what is that old expression, chewing up the scenery? She walks into a scene and just fucking owns it. The bathroom scene just owns it. I loved the fight between Miranda and Carrie. I also like the fact that it took place in a bathroom because Rabbi Jen is a trans woman. Mm. Uh, described as such, in mm-hmm. the, and the the incidental feature of the bathroom. The, yeah, I thought about that too. The unnecessary focus of many, many claims by many, many, I'm sure, very reputable women that uh, apparently this is the site for um, oh all sorts of things that um, you know biological men affect uh, trans womanhood in order to do terrible things in a bathroom. What the mm-hmm. fuck is that? Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't even make sense. No, I don't understand it either. I mean, you know, public bathrooms, nobody lingers. Who cares? But they do linger uh, somewhat in this, you know, I'm going to go out there and say one of the best synagogue bathrooms. Oh, my God. The bathroom's better than my house. It's very lovely. Uh, Rabbi Jen is in a toilet stall <laughs> and uh, emerges to sort out in the fashion of a rabbi the dispute they appear to be having. Yes, saying, you're obviously old friends, get it together, love each other, the end. What is she wearing here? It's a lovely, I mean, it doesn't look like a tour. It's some very nice, sort of plain, ready-to-wear stripy I, thing. 
I don't know. I couldn't find anything on it. And the first scene she's wearing, the first scene she's in, in the, with, with the hula, she's wearing like a preppy outfit. But again, I didn't find any references to her clothes. Great shame that. So we're ramping up to the benign mitzvah or the they mitzvah. LTW's in a turban. It's a beautiful turban. It's by Mary Jane Claverall, who is a maker of many things, including beaded sequin turbans. Mm. LTW looks so extraordinary in this as she has looked in basically everything. Uh, It's like a coat dress. I thought it was a coat. I thought she would take it off, but she leaves it on. It's beautiful two-tone blue. I'm amazed that there was no outcry about the cultural appropriation of a male Sikh headdress, but perhaps LTW dresses that well. So in addition to Carrie and Miranda uh, having their conversation uh, about Miranda's... Well, I think we need to go back. Carrie has bought... Carrie has decided that she's going to Paris to scatter Big's ashes off the kissing bridge. And she says she's bought tickets for Charlotte and Miranda to go with her. She has them on hold. Oh, she has them on hold. As she um, has some hotel rooms, I don't know, probably at the Georges Sank or something. I can't remember. I've only watched it about 17 times. <laughs> yeah. And Miranda says she can come from LA. Um, and then later Carrie's like, it would be stupid for you to come from LA where she's going with to see Chase Pilot. It'll take too long. It'll you take just, 14 like, hours. And say, I know, say for, that to an Australian. Yeah, I was the same. Who was ever, and I was who, like, shut up. Who was ever flown abroad? <laughs> yep, shut up. Um, Fuck off, you pussies. And this leads to the altercation in the bathroom where Carrie tells Miranda that it's not worth her while and then Carrie questions Miranda running off to L.A., I mean, you know, a lot of this is in Miranda's head. Uh, Miranda is, you know, accuses uh, Carrie of judging her long before Carrie is kind of provoked uh, into passing any judgment Uh, Miranda is doing. I believe what Jungians call projecting here. Again here, uh, I think Miranda says, I know that Big's anniversary, so she's making an effort um, to appear attentive to her friend's needs. I know the anniversary of Big's death is on the 9th. And the pilot is on the 10th. Again, one day shooting. I know. It's not a single uh, camera artsy comedy, is it? Mm. It's broad comedy. You know, she'll be there as part of the studio audience. I I think Shay's comedy is certainly unfunny, but isn't Mm. broad enough to make it network. Let's see. I question that. They are a bit cheesy. They are quite cheesy. Yeah. So they're still in the bathroom. They're having the fight. As you said, Miranda accuses Carrie of judging her. But there's so much more going on at the third celebratory scene we have in this episode. Uh, Rock discloses that they want no part of this benign mitzvah. Yes, Rock doesn't. And and may I just say Rock in an incredible hot pink suit with pale pink shirt. Um, that and the hot pink tie that was originally intended for Stanford. Apparently. I don't oh. know in which, in which scene he was supposed to wear it. Stanny loved a pink um, tie. But it was, I, I like that they put it on rock um, and with like awesome hot pink sneakers, which I will say my niece wore sneakers to her butt mitts for last week and my mother was turning in her grave. Gazelles? No, just white sand shoes. Oh. Um, but, yeah, a similar look. 
all the kids wear them to their bat mitzvahs now. I had to wear the ugliest motherfucking dress, like purple taffeta shit. And these kids get to wear sneakers I'm rabbiting on. No, I mean, I think that there's a lot of pain there and we should come, come back and, you know, discuss the abject horror that was your entry into womanhood shortly here. I think we should. On And Just Like Crap, which will lapse into hiatus shortly. Rock probably has more dialogue here than they have had uh, mm. all season. Uh, you know, they say, I, I have no interest in um, declaring myself uh, a Jew. I have no interest in declaring myself anything. And then rattles off a list of things that they do not want to be. I very much, uh, being uh, old school queer, like that they don't even want to identify as non-binary. Why should Mm. I have to identify? Yes, the whole point of queer politics. Well, not the entire point, but, you know, a good whack thereof. And, you know, after saying, I don't want to be a Jew, I don't want to be a boy, I don't want to be a girl, I don't want to be non-binary, blah, blah, blah. Which I, I think was great. I yeah. really liked and it. And then I don't want to be a New Yorker. And at that point, <laughs> that's when her parents visibly recoil. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. It, was, it was great. And I loved this whole thing and I especially, especially loved So Car- Charlotte says I failed as a mother and as a Jew, which is great. But the best part about this is her saying, someone's getting their mitzvah today. Cut to Charlotte reading from the Torah, which I just loved. Yeah, and Charlotte does it Charlotte style. She is apparently, well, she she passes in Hebrew anyhow. She learned the prayers here uh, as she learned them for the first Shabbat. Uh, the actress, uh, Kristen Davis, how fucking 13-year-olds can master this shit? Then again, you are a lot brighter at 13, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So good on Kristen and, um, you know, she's enjoying, I think, her bat mitzvah. She's reveling in it. Yeah. I think I, I think it's great. There's a candy bar. There's a, there's a, like this, I want to go to that bat mitzvah. It's, I think it, it looks like a $100,000 event. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, easily. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to love that show, Sweet 16 on MTV. My super, super sweet 16 or whatever it was. Did you have Oh, yeah. No, I didn't watch it, but I, I know the one you mean. I think I watched an episode. Yeah, kids with red carpets. Carrie uh, then decides that she can go to Paris on her own. Oh, brave Carrie. Uh, Which I just want to say is kind of funny. That was a funny moment to me because Miranda was like, I'm not coming. And then Charlotte was like, I'll still come. And Carrie's like, I'll go alone. And for a minute I was like, if I was Charlotte, I would have been like. Well, Charlotte does in fact respond and I think quite justifiably. She looks at Miranda and says, you owe me a trip to Paris. Yeah. I'm sorry, one doesn't renege on an invitation to Paris under any circumstances. No, but I just think it was funny that, like, I would take it as my friend doesn't want to spend time alone with me. (laughs) I'm around not coming. I'm just going to go alone. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, this is a good moment for Carrie stepping out of her usual narcissism and realising that uh, those around her actually do, in fact, have lives and they have Mm. been progressing Mm. and she can pull the widow card no more. What is Charlotte wearing, by the way? She looks very pretty. It's a very pretty outfit. I think it's Carolina Herrera. I think it's, again, like I don't like it. It's, it's, it's again, this Charlotte party. But it's frock. It's pretty. Girly dress. It's pretty. Yeah. And I just, I do love that new look line with the, the full mm. skirt and the cinched waist. No, she does look beautiful, but I just, I just personally don't like her in these party frocks. I think, just think it's infantilizing. We see Brady again, finally. Yes. Yeah, I, like it was such a nice moment and, let me say, double denim. Mm, I've not seen it since Justin and Brittany at the BMAs. 
Oh, well, that was the best iteration of it for sure. Oh, it was fantastic. Mm. I've, Iconic. I, I must say I probably should get out more. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of double denim. Uh, <laughs> there's quite a bit around yeah. to be sure. Um, Miranda is wearing like a brown jumpsuit, <clears throat> a brown shirt jumpsuit, jumpsuit, but like it doesn't even bear talking about. What the fuck is jumpsuit thing? Why is that back? Why is it, it just what an inconvenient item? I don't think it ever left. I think there's just always jumpsuits around. I'm I generally avoid them, but they can be good. This is just boring. It's a brown shirt jumpsuit, but she has dyed her hair back to her original red. And there's a nice moment between her and Brady where she says, "You know, aren't you going to say anything about my hair?" And he says, "What happened to Grey Pride?" Which I thought was funny. Perhaps I. Uh... A little bit of disclosure that he had, in fact, seen Mum at Pride, despite mm. her efforts to hide herself. Either way, it's a nice pun. True. And a cute little where, you know, he ribs her because she wants to be at the airport five hours early. It's a, it's the first mother-son interaction with Brady and, and Miranda where I, I think that they're a family. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we don't actually sadly see Louisa here. Uh, but no. she, she will join Brady there. They're backpacking in Europe and I pity the poor person that shares a co-ed hostel room with those two. <laughs> 100%. Entree, Paris, the Pont-Marie. Uh, have you ever been there? No, you wouldn't have ever bothered, would you? Is it that one where um, they put locks on or something? Yeah, or? it's the one that oh, I think so. Um, I don't know if I've, I've been to Paris a couple of times, but I don't know. I'd, I don't recall going to that maybe because I'm a loveless widow. Oh, well, I don't approve of public declarations of love by anyone. No, we don't. But we do approve of public declarations of orange taffeta. Yes. This is Valentino, if I'm mm-hmm. not very much mistaken. And somehow or another, the sheer excess of this thing paired with fuchsia gloves, this tangerine thing, which is, you know, fashion strapless yet still manages to have like uh, mutton chop sleeves. It's just fantastical carry at her eccentric best. It's a feat of design, that dress. It, it, it really is. Uh, uh, SJP's been hitting the tanning booth a little hard. Yeah, I would agree. She's, she's, she's way more tanned for her, but she just looks like, who cares? She just looks phenomenal. And not many people can wear that dress and not get swallowed in it and just lose themselves in it. And she just looks amazing. And again, like a, a bit of a more complicated updo that we haven't seen her in much. Fashion fluency, which I do not have, aside, the sheer excess and eccentricity yeah. of the thing. I, I do like that. Um, and I, I like that very much about people who are very conversant like yourself with fashion. You don't give a fuck if anybody likes what you're wearing. You just want to immerse yourself in it. And I do admire that kind of eccentricity. And we see it bucket loads of it, uh, Carrie is immersed in something that you would see no Parisian woman wear off the catwalk. No, and she's, you know, carrying the Eiffel Tower bag, which is Timmy Wood and somewhere in between the 2500 and 4500 mark that she carries in which do you remember which episode she carries it in of the original I believe season? It series? wasn't the series. I, th- I think that it was the, oh, the first movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's great and it has Big's ashes in it and I think... Not even in a baggie. No. Gross. There'll always be a bit of Big in there. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. I suppose and so. Todd Rundgren is playing. Briefly, 
Yes, mm. because of course this is uh, one of the first featured songs while Big is still alive before he was unthinkably slaughtered by the evil vixen Lily. Yes. And then after she dumps quite illegally <laughs> Big's ashes in the Seine mm. in this gorgeous moment. I mean, it, she just does look fantastic, oh, doesn't she? Looks, she? She looks phenomenal. And also improbable. Mm. I just love that she's just immersed in this fairy tale nonsense. I wish that had been her wedding dress. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, she ended up doing the wool suit uh, yes. per tradition. Or yes. I think actually it was a silk dress. Um, I think it, I don't actually remember. Most most commonly, um, a lady wears a wool suit. Yes. To you know the civil ceremony at yes. the town hall, and then she texts Samantha, oh. having dumped big in the Seine. Yes. And we could see this coming, could we not? Samantha is in London. Carrie mm. is in Paris. Channel, meet me for a cocktail. See you tomorrow. I know. I okay. don't know how they're going to deal with that and <laughs> we're just going to ignore it. But I think it leaves it open that maybe they're begging her to come back. No, they're not. No, Kim Cattrall's been quite open about that. I think the variety, uh, uh, there's a variety interview with, with Cottrell after the season's over and, you know, I mean, my initial reaction was, well, they have to have her now. They have to have her back. Mm. Oh, they have to. They're committed. I think that this occurs off camera because we do, in fact, go forward in time to the next event, which is Carrie doing her very own podcast. Mm. And so I guess we never get to see it. No, we're not going to see the. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're right. I thought that was the that it ended on that, but there's the podcast scene, so I guess not. Uh, yeah. So there's a, a podcast scene. Carrie refuses to dispense advice to anybody. She shrugs and says, "I don't know." The older I get, the more confused. All I can say is, and we return to that Sex in the City favorite. A couple of good friends in your corner, because oh, female friendship so sincere, so deep. Ah, oh, nothing shallow. Um, about the bonds she shares with fake Samantha and um, those other two. And what do, what do we see that the podcast is called? Well, in fact, Dear Rock, it's Sex in the City. Dare they? They dare. And then Franklin, okay, Franklin, he's gorgeous, right? Mark, yes. You call him Mark. He strolls into view. There's been a few little hints that what is about to unfold unfolds her producer, her Bitsy mm -hmm. Von Muffling, mm -hmm. uh, says, I don't think that that episode could have gone any better. Apparently this foundling podcast uh, goes out live and has the, the thousands of listeners um, required to produce just one or two um, call-ins. It's a live talkback podcast. Why not mm -hmm. just put it on the fucking radio for heaven's yeah, sake? Yeah, that's what I question too, but I would like to highlight what she's wearing. Oh, as yes. Always. Um, the last it the is last outfit, the very last, the last outfit. outfit. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I think we need just a very somber nanosecond of respectful silence for you, Rock. That'll do. Go. She's wearing, it's an interesting dress. It's a pink dress with gold detail, I guess. I don't, embroidery or, or who knows. Um, it is actually, this is the second Ost Oscar de la Renta. It's a 1960s vintage Oscar de la Renta. SJP herself is a huge fan, isn't she? Yes, as she should be. It's an amazing label. It's worn back to front. This is one of the this oh. is one of the one of the outfits that they've that they've flipped. And I cannot stress this enough. Sometimes <laughs> if a top or a dress isn't working, 
turn it around. Jump, jump, jump. Just be crisscross. It it works. I've done it with several things. And then she's wearing like, sometimes I think you just make shit up to confuse me. No, I, I often, I, I do literally do this. You know, for the next week, I'm going to wear all my clothes backwards, yeah. cr- crisscross style, and people will laugh. I'm definitely not saying wear all your clothes backwards, but try it sometimes. She is also wearing incredible, what look like 80s white scrunch boots. You just see them at the end when when they get into the elevator and have a pash. Mm. Or was it more? Probably not. Probably not. And in contrast to the kiss that we see early on in this La Grande Finale, Carrie's leaning into this one. Yes, she's she's very into it. And I mean, look at him. Who wouldn't be? I don't think we see teacher Pete again, sadly. Fucking hot. Extremely hot. hot. Andre hot. Almost. Just very hot. Hot. All right. You need to go. <laughs> we all need to go. We all need to reluctantly leave. Oh, well, you know, we've secured our freedom. We're out uh, on probation conditions. Until next time, adieu. Wear your grandest, stupidest frock to an inappropriate place. I urge you. And wear backwards. it backwards. <laughs> Bye, Rock. Bye. We'll see you next time. Thank or you. will we? And just like that, it was over. Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you got the love I need.